0: I'm starting a new series this morning called Influencer um, because, uh, and I don't know how long it's going to be as long as the Lord is dealing with me about this, but this has been in my spirit, uh, this this topic of being an influencer, and if you are aware of social media movements, um, you may have heard or for several years now, there's been this growing group in social media called influencers. And these are people that have large followings on their social media pages. And they are usually supporting a a cause. Uh, They're usually sometimes uh, promoting or trying to sell something. Uh, You will see these people pop up on your page and you're not even friends with them. They're influencers. And a lot of times you'll see them talking about fitness or cosmetics or... Uh, different types of weight loss things, um, uh, design, all, all different types of influencers that have that are now like commercials in the social media world. And often they will even get paid by manufacturers uh, to promote, to influence you to buy their product. And while there are many people that want to be influencers, but well, there's really nothing, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, Um, at all, Uh, but while there are many people that want to influence other people, uh, at the end of the day, we should really want to impact the kingdom of God, amen, and amen, and with that being said, can we, you and I, do we have the power to influence the kingdom, do we have something special that can allow us to influence what is happening in the heavens are there things that we can do here that can make heaven move and it's it's one thing to influence others but but i have just had this desire to be an influencer of heaven i don't know about you but i want everything that i do here on planet earth to influence heaven whenever i pray I want my prayers to open up doors in heaven. Amen? Whenever I give, I want my giving to open up the windows of heaven. Whenever I am serving, I want to influence heaven. Whenever I'm praying, everything that I do, I want to influence heaven. And this morning, I'm going to lay some groundwork for this series. So I'm I'm, I'm going to probably be a little teachy this morning. So bear with me. Uh, But pastors and preachers and teachers... They spend many hours, they go to conferences and and, and sit with other leaders trying to find out, to figure out how to motivate the flock to go deeper in their walk. And once you have been saved, and I want to make it very clear to you this morning, there is only one name that can save you. And it's the name of Jesus Christ. Greek gods cannot save you. Muhammad cannot save you. You can rub a little statue's belly all you want to, but it will not save you. There is only one name under which you can be saved, and that is through the blood of Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen this morning? It's the only way. And once you have been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, there uh, and. and Once you've been saved, the depth of your relationship with God pivots on four areas. Everything the rest of your life once you've been saved, it will pivot on one of these four areas. Your worship, your prayer life, your giving, and the word of the Lord. Everything else in your life will will hinge on those areas. And if those areas are not operating in full capacity, whenever the winds of life start blowing against you, and you are standing up against adversity, you will be overcome you, you, you will not be able you will not be able to move past it if one of those four areas is a little weak so I encourage you today with that and today I really want to start uh, This will, I'll, I'll probably talk about prayer also next week but I want to kind of start this talk about prayer and our, ambili- our ability to influence what is happening in the heavens in Luke chapter 19 This is a truth that Jesus taught before his death. Jesus died. He is buried. He was raised from the dead. uh, He made a few appearances. And then he ascended to heaven. And the Bible says that he sits at the right hand of the Father this very morning. And he is making intercession for us both. A lot of people feel that that means that he is praying continually. But I also feel that this means that he is the mediator. Jesus is the mediator for you and I. He is the go between between the Father himself and us here on planet earth. Having said this, before Jesus died, he was teaching this parable, and it is about what is going, what it's going to be like in the meantime and in between time. That's an old song, but between time, some of you know that song. Some of you acting like you're holy, but anyway, it's, 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 it's the between time. But, but when, whenever, whenever he was ascending and whenever he would come back for his second return, this, this, this parable was, was, was about what do you do in that meantime in the waiting, what, what the church should be doing. And I want to remind you, you are a part of the church this morning. And this morning, the church in this very hour, we should not be hiding behind pews. We should not be hiding behind the stained glass. We should not be hiding behind uh, precious steeples. We should not be simply uh, bur- buried down somewhere, begging for the Lord to come back, so we don't have to deal with the craziness that we call life. And uh, so many times that we feel like this life that we don't. Have the power to change. But listen, the church was not meant to live powerlessly. Amen. No, no, no. We were not created to sit here in this in this hour, in the craziness of life, in fear. It is not our destiny to be like a cell, a sailboat out in the middle of a hurricane, being tossed to and fro in the middle of life. No, Jesus did not die this uh, such a gruesome death, so that the organization called the church can meet together once a week and sing three songs and go home. No, Jesus did not die just so that you could do something. He died so that you could be something this morning. And in Luke chapter 19, verse 13, this parable, he says, and he called to his ten servants, and he delivered to them ten pounds, that's money, and he said to them, Occupy till I come. Occupy. Don't walk around in fear. Occupy it. Don't walk around depressed. Don't walk around dismayed. Occupy it. Occupy. I am leaving. I will come back. But the space in between, occupy it until I come. What does occupy really mean? Listen. I want to, uh, I told first services, I want to alleviate you some weight this morning. I'm about to take a huge weight off of your shoulders. You can thank me later. But, but listen, it is not your job to wake up every morning and single-handedly defeat Satan yourself. Amen. Yes, we may wrestle with him at times. Yes, you may have to remind him of who he is and who you are at times, yes, you may have to tell him where he can go and what he can do when he gets there, Yes, but guess what? It is not your job to defeat Satan. Why? Because Jesus has already completely defeated Satan on the cross at Calvary when the blood was coming down that cross. And there's nothing you can do to improve it. There's nothing you can do to make it more official or make it more complete. On the cross, he said, it is finished. It is done. And it is not my job to defeat Satan. Jesus has already done that. You should be thankful this morning. The blood took care of that. And how many of you know the blood that flowed down that hill, it still has the same power today. And Satan cannot cross the bloodline. Whatever you don't want Satan to cross, you need to put it under the blood. And you say, well, that's, that's good, Pastor. And, and, that, and, and that gives me the little chill bumps and that makes me want to clap my hands. But if Satan is defeated, Pastor, tell me, why in the world he keeps popping up in my house? Why in the world does he keep coming in my relationships? Why in the world every Monday morning I want to kill my coworker? If he's defeated... Why is all this stuff happening? Yes, we do warfare. But our warfare is not for victory. It is from victory. And our warfare is to occupy what God has already said is ours. The devil is mad that he lost the war. He is mad that Jesus took back the keys to death, hell, and the grave this morning. And he doesn't want you to occupy what he thinks is his. He doesn't want you to have access to the keys of the kingdom. This is an analogy that I think most people probably were alive and and, and remember this moment in our history. It's something that you probably remember when we were in war with Iraq. And if you remember, if you were awake, it came across the news that, and we and we watched as the statue of Saddam Hussein was crumbled on the streets of Baghdad and everyone was cheering and and they called it the that was the end of the war they called that moment the victory that war was they say was somewhat over in just a matter of two to three days, but it turns out we were there for ten plus years. Why were we? Why, why was our the United States military? Aren't you so thankful for our military this morning? Why was the greatest military in the world there for ten years if it was one just in just three days? Why? Because they were there trying to occupy with a new of government. They were there trying to occupy what was won when that statue came down. It was already won, but it it took them 10 years to grab hold of it and occupy it and bring it under new leadership. Here's another one from the Bible. Moses is in his father-in-law's field and he sees a burning bush and God speaks to him from the burning bush. He says, Moses, take off your shoes for this is holy ground. And God spoke to him and said, for I have given you a land flowing with milk and honey. I have already given it to you. But why why did it take 40 years? They marched around for 40 years. They wandered for 40 years. Why? Because they were trying to occupy what God had already given them. And so many times I think this is where so many believers in the church reside. Let me tell you something. God said it is finished. It is done. I have given you the victory. We have an entire book called the Bible. The word of God. The promises of God that, that, that we can lean on. And you do not have to beat the devil all by yourself. You just have to occupy everything in every promise that God has for you. God is not a man that he should lie. Amen? That's the word. And if he promised me something for this season of my life, but I'm not experiencing that word or that promise that he gave to me, you've got to understand that there is something that I am missing. There is something that I need to learn. There are some notes that I need to look back on. There is something that I need to change to unlock it in my life. And in Luke chapter 18, Jesus is teaching a parable. And watch this. It said that he spoke a parable to them. The parable that he spoke, it said that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Here goes Jesus speaking of a parable. Several weeks ago, I I told you the importance of a parable, the us and the them. And whenever you hear or see Jesus telling a story called a parable, it is because he is trying to break down the kingdom in such a way that the locals can understand it. And he said that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Verse 2, saying, there was in a certain city a judge... Who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that very city. And she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while, but after he said within himself... Though I do not fear God nor regard man. This is so important. He said, I don't fear God. I don't care about God. I don't care about the feelings of man. He said, but although I don't fear God or I don't regard man. Verse 5, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she wearies me. In other words, she is getting on my last nerve. How many of you got that child? Mama, 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 daddy, 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 daddy. And you're like, what, what, what? And they keep on saying your name. Can anybody just nod if you've ever been there on a long trip? Daddy, mama, mama, mama. He said, the judge said, she is getting on my last nerve. And because of her persistence, I will answer her. And in verse 6, then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said. And God not, uh, and shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him though he bears along with them? He is saying, look, if this judge who really doesn't care about you, if this judge who doesn't care about me, if this secular judge will do the right thing, will not this God who died for you Will not this God who chose you, will not this God who saved you from hell and sanctified you and filled you with his spirit and called you and anointed you. If this secular judge will do the right thing, will not your God heal you, hear your prayers and do the right things himself? In verse 8, he said, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he, be, will he really find faith on the earth? Jesus, so this is, I want you to really take note of this, that Jesus starts this parable off stating that men ought to always pray and not lose heart. Don't lose heart. He was saying that we should be so invested in our prayer life, so invested in our prayers, that we do not lose heart. How do you lose heart when you are praying? You lose heart and faith whenever you are praying, whenever you start to look around at what is happening around you. He said you should be so invested in your prayers that you are you, you, you don't care what is happening around you, you don't it, it doesn't bother you that people are talking about you, it doesn't bother you what's happening around you. Why? Because you are so invested in your prayers. Let me tell you something. It is your enemy's job. It is his responsibility to put something in your path, to put something in your face, to put something in your sight that is contradictory to what you are asking. God for or what He has already promised you. That is His plan. That is, that, is, that is who He is. And listen, if you ever see something come into your path that is a contradiction to the Word, that is a contradiction to His promises for you. I encourage you, instead of having fear and doubt and anxiety, you should just go ahead and throw yourself a nice party because that, 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 that is the very fact that you are seeing something of the opposite. That means that God is already working it out and the devil don't want you to see it. Pay no attention to what you see. I told first service, That in this season of my life, I have made a decision. I will not let my eyes wear me out. Hmm. I will not let what I see wear me out. If you ever send me an ugly text, I will not respond to it. Because I'm not going to dwell on it. I don't care who you are. I'm not going to stay up at night Reading and reading. Why? Because I will not let my eyes wear me out in this hour. I will not let what I see I will not let what I see exhaust me. I will not let what I see cause me to be anxious. Why? Because the word says men ought to pray and, and not lose heart. The word also says be anxious for nothing but in everything by what? By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God. Listen. And it says and the peace of God will surpass all understanding. The peace of God will surpass everything that you can see and will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. God is not a man that he should lie. And while you are watching the news God is watching over you. While you are flipping through social media God is watching over you. Get this what you are looking at it will either exhaust you or exalt you. You choose. What you are looking at in this very hour, it will either exhaust you or exalt you. Exalt means to bring up to another level. The very things that you are watching, if all you look at are things of this world, you will grow weary. Let me go a couple of days without reading, let me go a couple of days without prayer. And stay on my phone. And guess what? By In a couple of days, my body will feel literally drained. If all you look at are the reports of this world, you will be exhausted in this hour. And the devil loves a weary and exhausted church. Because if he can get God's people weary and exhausted, he can move right in. Listen, when you pray... When you are trying to influence heaven, so often the thing that exhausts you is when you see no difference. Don't lie, but we've all been there. How many of you have ever prayed and it was like, I see nothing? Y'all are lying this morning. You're either lying or you're not praying. How many of you, 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 many of you have like ever prayed and you felt like it was not getting through the roof? Like, you can literally, like, see it falling back down to the ground. We've all been there. But you've got to understand. You, 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 you have got to understand that when you are praying and you're trying to influence heaven, that faith has nothing to do with sight. The Word says that we live by faith, not by what? Not by sight. The opposite of faith is, is, is not doubt. It is sight. Did you Did you get that? The fact that you have faith means that you pay no attention to what is in your face. The Bible says that the things of this earth will pass away. But the word will remain forever. What does that mean? Every obstacle in your face is temporary. It will pass away. That relationship, it is temporary. Why? Because even if it's in your face, guess what? Tomorrow the trumpet could sound. And I hope you are transformed. It's called the rapture. I need to preach about it because some of you look at me like, I don't know what that is. One day a trumpet's going to sound. God's going to call his children home. I'm going to leave this old world. And I will be in heaven. I don't know about you. I wish the trumpet would blow right about now. Why? Because I'm ready to go. I can't wait. But one day, everything will pass away. But the word Will remain forever. That means that if you can see it right now, it may come against you, but it has to go. It may come, but it has to go. It may come, but it has to go. I mean, Peter looked at Jesus on the water, he's in the boat. Here, Jesus is standing on the water. It was a perfect setup for a miracle. Perfect. Peter, being Peter, said, Lord, if if that's you, tell me to come. Jesus being Jesus, what did he do? He spoke a word. He said, come on out here, bro. Come on out. And guess what? Peter stepped out of the boat. And get this, this may wreck your theology or make you mad. Peter didn't walk on water. Peter didn't walk on water. You can't walk on water. Have you ever tried it? You cannot walk on water. It is impossible to walk on water. Peter didn't walk on water. Peter walked on the word. He spoke it and he stepped out on the word of the Lord. And because he was stepping out, because he was walking, the word kept him above the waves of life. The word kept him up. He wasn't walking on the water. He stepped out on the word of God. And I feel that there are some people in this house, God has spoken a word to him you. And he is saying, will you step out on the word? The word upheld him. And as he's walking on the word, the word of God said, but then he saw the wind and waves and he began to sink. That is exactly what I'm talking about in the church. There was something in front of him that contradicted what Jesus had said. But what he saw talked him out of what he heard. Oh, I want to say that again. What he saw talked him out of what he had heard. How many promises? How many answers to prayers? How many words that were spoken over us have we lost grip of because of what we saw. The question is, what will you focus on? Influencers, people that are impacting and making a difference in the heavens. They are focused more on what he said than what they see. If you focused on what he said, you will keep walking. But if you focus on what you see, you will sink in this thing called life. Man ought to always pray. Man ought to always pray. This is so weird. Listen, this this story, this parable is about a woman who was done wrong. Something wrong had happened to her. She has suffered some type of loss in her life. The word says that she said, get justice for me. She's talking to the judge. Get justice for me. But listen, he's telling this parable so you can understand how prayer is working. Whenever she wanted justice, whenever she, whenever she wanted what was wrong to be done right, When she wants her enemy to pay, she didn't go knock on the enemy's door. She didn't start fighting the enemy. She did not update her Facebook page. She didn't tell the world what her enemy had done. Don't you love it when people put vague posts about somebody? You're like, would you just please go ahead and tag them so we know who you're talking about? I don't want to start a rumor, so tell me who it is. She did none of that. No, what did she do? She went right into the courtroom. She went right into the courtroom. She went right into the court. She did not talk. Jesus, Jesus is getting, Jesus right here is getting us to understand that prayer is all about the legalities of heaven. It's difficult for us to understand because we don't live in a kingdom. We live in America and we got freedoms and you can go about your own business and you can go vote and you can go express your voice on, on the side of the road. You can hold up signs. You and all of this stuff. In a kingdom, you don't have have an option. In Jesus' kingdom, you don't have an option. You will never be able to vote Jesus in or out. It's his kingdom. Can I get an amen? Aren't you glad that we don't get to vote if he's king or not? It is settled, it is done. It is his kingdom. And the kingdom is all about the king. Listen, we often hear about how we should speak to the devil and tell the devil to go back to hell where he came from. Take your hands off my children. But in this passage, this woman never spoke to the person who did her wrong. She went straight to the judge. Some of y'all have been talking more to the devil than you have to Jesus. And you want to know why you can't live in victory? Because you're telling... The devil all about your problems. The old song says, have a little talk with Jesus. Not have a little talk with Satan. You need to quit talking to the devil. You got to start talking to Jesus. Take it to the courtroom. Take it right into the court. She went to the judge. Jesus is talking about prayer here. At the very beginning, he says, men ought to pray. Do not lose heart. And he just shifts the topic to start talking about a courtroom. This is how he he is making a parallel of how heaven works like a courtroom with us praying right here. She went straight to the judge. God is the judge. Aren't you glad that God is the judge? Aren't you glad that your neighbor is not the judge? If they start to judge you, don't worry about it. God is the judge. Can I get an amen? God is the judge of all judges. Courtrooms have protocol. Look what Jesus is doing. He is comparing the protocols of the courtroom with the protocols of prayer. The word says that she entered into the court. (sighs) She entered into the court. The Bible says you enter gates with thanksgiving, but you come into courts with praise. Mm -hmm. You will never get God into your problem if all you do is dish out complaints. Somebody should smack your neighbor right there. You will never get God into the middle of your situation if all you do is complain. God does not move in. God does not inhabit complaints. The word says that he inhabits the praise. And that is how he says you come into the court with praise. In this courtroom, God is the judge. And Jesus is the mediator. Mediator is the lawyer. It's the go-between. In other words, praise God, Jesus is your defense. Can I get an amen? He's, he's defending you. That's why you don't have to explain yourself to everybody. He's your defender. Whenever someone's talking about you, you don't have to say, you, "I don't know why you're talking about me, no. You keep doing your life, you keep going about the word, you keep staying in your prayer life, and God will defend you. He's your defender. He is your defender. The Bible also talks about the courtroom, that there's a great cloud of witnesses. The Bible also talks about the testimony of the blood of the lamb. The Bible also says that the devil is the accuser. The devil is the prosecutor. The woman said to the judge, just avenge me. Avenge me. What is avenge me? Avenge means make this right. Whenever you are in life, And you feel like something is not right. I've walked into rooms and I thought, dear God, something is not right in this room. I looked at Sarah one time and I said, we're getting out of here. There's something up in this room. I was on staff years ago at a church. You've never even heard of this church. so Don't even try to think about it. This woman comes up to me. I looked at Sarah and I said, don't you ever leave me alone with that woman right there. She ain't right. She ain't right. A month passed and it was evident she wasn't right. I said, don't ever leave me alone with that woman again. She ain't right. Have you ever been in a situation where you're like, "Something ain't right here. Something's not right here. Whenever you find yourself in a situation that isn't right, guess what? When you find yourself in that moment in a, that is not what God promised me. That thing in front of me, that is not a part of the word of God. That is not his plan for me. Guess what? When you find yourself in a this is not right moment, influencers have the right to enter into the courtroom of heaven and say, God, make it right. God, make it right. Whenever you get the report that that lump is cancerous, something ain't right, go to the courtroom. Whenever you get that call that your kid is addicted again to drugs, and you haven't seen them or heard from them in weeks, and your mother, your father's heart is saying, something ain't right, you need to influence heaven. You need to take it right to the courtroom of God. And guess what? You only know what is right for you by knowing his word. That's why you've got to have it hidden in your heart. Man, help me out. Satan knows the word of God. Satan even quoted the word of God in Scripture. Satan knows more word than a lot of us know. There's atheists that can quote Scripture. Do you know that? And a lot of us, we're good if we know John 3.16. The Bible says that he's like a lion and he's roaming to and fro. What is he doing whenever he's roaming to and fro? He's studying your habits. He's watching you. He's watching what you are doing. He is. He is. He is. He is studying your vision. He is listening to you talk about the dreams that you have. He is roaming around like a. Ro- That's why you got to be careful who you talk to, because guess what? Satan always has an ear out. He is listening. He is studying your plans. He is studying your prayer lives. Why? Because he is the prosecutor. He is trying to gather ev- evidence against you, and he enters into that courtroom whenever you say. I feel I feel like I'm getting a breakthrough. I feel like I've been called to teach in, 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 uh, in the school system. I feel like a pastor. Lord Lord I feel like you're t- Lord, I feel like you're calling me to be a husband or a wife and whenever you step into that courtroom, he's been watching you with evidence and what he does, he looks and he says, look God, he can't be a pastor There's no evidence. So, have you heard the way he talks? Oh do you know what she did all of her life? There's no way she could be a teacher. There's no way she could impact anybody's life. God, just look at her. There's no evidence here. So what does he do? The devil takes God's promises. He will take the word of God that that, that even I'm speaking right now, and he will hold it against you. He will prosecute you with God's promises and make you feel like, gosh, I can never do this. I can be sitting here preaching about breakthrough this morning, and you think, God, I need a breakthrough. Well, that could happen to me. I could pray like that. I could worship like that. And then then you will step out of here and step into his courtroom and say, they don't even know what you did. You can never get a breakthrough like that. The prosecutor takes the word and his promises and holds it against you. Well, judge, the word says not to lie. Look at them. They've been lying all week. Oh Judge, look, look, the word talks about a loose tongue. Look, they've been gossiping all week. They're not they're not a saint. They can't preach. They can't sing. Judge, I see no evidence here. But this morning, guess what? You have a defense, and his name is Jesus Christ. And if you've been pawed in the blood this morning, you gotta get it under the blood this morning. And if you want to influence heaven, quit looking around and get in the courtroom. Get in the courtroom of God. Will you stand with me this morning? I want everything I do to impact the kingdom. I want every prayer I pray to rattle the walls of heaven. Anybody there? Am I the only one? At least it's not your head if you're ready. You're scaring me. I feel alone. I need my blankie or something. I don't know. have such a passion in this hour to waste no time on haters, no time on dictators, no time on spectators. I'm leaving the taters behind because I feel like something is about to open from the heavens, and when it does... I don't want to be looking around and miss the man I fallen from heaven. I don't want to be looking around and miss the miracles coming from heaven. I don't want to be looking around and miss the harvest walking through Legacy Church because I'm so afraid. Oh Lord, what are they going to say about me? Oh Lord, somebody's watching on social media. Lord, they're calling me a lunatic. I don't care. I'm at the place in life where I just don't care. I just want everything I do to shake the heavens. And I want doors to start opening. I want windows to start opening. Is anybody there with me this morning?